Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Hustlenomics Way, Hip-Hop Business 101. Today's episode 103 is being sponsored by the Toys Watch, made by the great folks at Toys Electronics. The Toys Watch is an Android 7.1 smartwatch that features AI technology. It has 4G LTE, so it could operate independent of a phone. You could also pair it with your phone, with your iPhone, with your Android device. It has a camera, so it could take pictures. You could play video games on it. You could use AI like, okay, Google, make requests, tell it where you want to go. Tons of great features. It features 16 gigabytes of storage, one gig of RAM. So it's literally a smartwatch on your wrist. It's like your digital assistant on the go. Features a heart rate monitor. Trust me, you want to get the toys watch. Now, this episode is actually a collection of interviews I did and conducted at a recent American Express Small Business Summit in Washington, D.C., I got a chance to talk to three fascinating people who are experts in business and also procurement. And when we talk about procurement, we talk about corporate procurement, meaning how you could gain access and do business with the with, with other businesses, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies, and also government procurement on how you could get government contracts. And also another gentleman that I interviewed is the president of the U.S. Black Chamber. So I interviewed Ron Busby, Rod Robinson, and Gloria Larkin. First up is Ron Busey, who's the president of U.S. Black Chamber. It's an organization that got created in 2009, addressing um, issues and interests of black businesses across the country, challenges they face, how they got started, things that they might need, trying to help facilitate relationships, Ron himself is a businessman. He created USA Super Clean, a business that went from 150,000 to 15 million in revenue in only 10 years. Um, early in his career, USA Super Clean was considered the largest black-owned janitorial firm in the country. Um, he is a great resource, and I had a real great time talking to him and picking his brain about challenges black businesses face and what his organization is doing to address some of these economic issues. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ron Busby, president of the U.S. Black Chamber. So first of all, sir, introduce yourself and what do you do with the U.S. Black Chamber? Okay, so what was the inspiration? It's a generic question, but what was the inspiration for starting this in 2009? Why 2009 of all years to start to build the U.S. Black Chamber? If you remember in 2008, there was a lot going on around the country that changed, believing in ourselves and us having the ability to take on our own leadership. I came here to Washington, D.C. right after Obama was elected as president to create a new voice black business owners. First thing that I found when I drove around Washington to see if you look on the back of our license plate, it literally reads taxation without representation. For African American and black owned businesses, that is who we have been over the last decades. We 
been business owners that have been paying into the system that literally has not met our needs or not heard our voice. Our second one is access to capital being here this morning. You can understand the importance of the need for minority small businesses to have it. Not only to have it, but to have it accessible and affordable. Uh, third one is contracting opportunities. And the U.S. Black Chamber looks at that from three different vantage points. Where is the government spending its money? Where is corporate America spending its money as well as where are African Americans spending it? And we try to ensure that we have a role and a place in these three of those categories. Our fourth one is really about entrepreneurial training. Uh, the average African American owned business is doing about $54,000 a year. Uh, our average member is doing $1.2 million, been in business seven years, has five employees and doing business in the United States. And our last one is really about chamber development, how we lead our communities forward to ensure that our communities have the acumen, resources, and relationships to make sure that we have sustainability. So now let's talk about the pipeline and let's talk about education because kind of give me an idea about that because you're talking about entrepreneurship, the spirit to hustle is instinctive, the survival spirit, the socioeconomic impact. So talk about how your organization is addressing some of that and how do you convert that into sustainable education that will be impactful on our urban communities? I think, as I discussed earlier, the, the revenue of businesses that don't have education or have enough education to start a business. Most of those businesses start have a very successful career, doing an average $100,000 and less. But when you really try to have a conversation about how to grow your business, it really starts with education. Look at most of the businesses that are doing business less than a million dollars or less than $100,000. They stop their education when they start the business. Those businesses that are doing above a million dollars all have some type of continuing education platform, either online, go to conferences such as this one, or have a relationship with an organization like ours where we can continue to bring resources as well as knowledge that they need to have growth and So now you're here at American Express, and you also mentioned about the challenge of access to capital. So what are some of the conversations and discussions, and what are some of the insights you're able to provide to American Express to be able to address the challenges some of your members and people in communities that your members address in getting access to capital? If you ask any small business owner what their number one concern is, they will say access to capital. If you have a black business owner, it's number one, number two, as well as number three concern, they will say access to capital. Black-owned businesses typically go to a bank or financial institution and ask them what they think they need. If they think they need $100,000, they may get $40,000 typically happy about their business as a community. We've always taken little and made it work. But we know that that is a, really a factor of failure. When you start with not enough resources. And so the U.S. Black Chamber has partnered with organizations like American Express, Wells Fargo, as well as our own black-owned banks across the country to ensure that we have the access to capital that we need. We took it a step further and partnered with black-owned banks and created our own credit card where we're providing credit at 9.98% credit score as low as 580 for our members to ensure that our consumers as well as our business owners have the resources that they need. Forty percent of African Americans don't have access to capital, don't have a credit card, don't have a true banking relationship. And as we talk about e-commerce as being 
commerce of the future, we're leaving out nearly half black people. We have to address that, and that's what the U.S. Black Chamber is We'll find ourselves each and every day. So talk about that card. How could people apply for it? What are the ranges of the availability, I mean, the credit range that is offered? Kind of give us more details about that so that other people could know. The U.S. Black Chamber has partnered with Liberty Bank out of New Orleans, Louisiana, with their headquarters. They're in 18 states and one of the largest black banks in the country. We've partnered with them to say many of our communities don't have banking relationships. Typically, black people don't go to the bank until too late. We ask for two million. What we've tried to do is determine exactly the needs, financial needs of black businesses, and to provide them with resources as well as relationships. African Americans understand our issues. And so many times I can have a credit score of 700. My white peer can have a credit score of 700. I can own a home. My white peer can own a home. I could be my white peer's supervisor or boss. Good work for me. They will pay 9% on their credit card. The average African Americans pay 19.8. So for us, we're trying to have conversations with not only minorities, but majorities to understand in order for us to have sustainability in our communities, we need access to affordable and accessible credit. So what are some is Amex also going to offer a product or a partner or offer any sort of solutions? What are some of the solutions Amex is discussing here that would address some of your members' concerns? The first thing is for Amex, as well as organizations, to understand the importance of African Americans to have credit. I think the other thing that we need to make sure is that they understand that credit is looked upon differently in different communities. If I don't own a home and I'm just paying my rent, paying my cell phone bill, paying my utility bills on time each and every month, my credit score doesn't move at all. But if I have a home, which many of Americans do, your credit is going to be moved up or down each and every month. African Americans lost. 40% of our wealth when the housing market collapsed. In 1938, we had more homeowners in the African American community than we do today. So we lost a lot of our credit, uh, we lost a lot of our credit as well as collateral when the housing market collapsed. It had nothing to do with us not being astute or financially responsible or single parent households. It was really a conversation about discrimination and how corporate America, as well as black-owned and minority-owned businesses can address this. So, there's another thing that we, what we've been covering is actually, for our publication, what we've been covering is the trend of hip-hop's influence on entrepreneurship. We've actually been singular in that. And this week, Forbes announced that a member of the hip-hop community has actually crossed to be what they call a unicorn, right? A billionaire. And there's not 10 black billionaires. <laughs> so that's significant. For your organization, what do you glean from that? Jay-Z now for being Forbes certified as one of the 400 plus billionaires that we have in America. It's a great conversation to have, but the reality is we have a culture as African Americans. We have to monetize that culture. Jay-Z and other rappers have understood this since the early 80s. What we have to do is contain and control our destiny. African Americans have a trillion dollars to spend, but it's usually someone outside of our community talking about that trillion dollars. What Jay-Z and other rappers, as well as the U.S. Black Chamber, understand is when we can control that trillion dollars, we're the 15th largest country in the world. 
We just have to make sure that we're keeping that dollar within. Jay-Z has captured that. Now his message has reached across boundaries, not just the black community, not just inner city, but across the world, across the globe. And so we're proud of Jay-Z and what he's done, but we also understand that there are other entrepreneurs out there that make sure that we have to monetize and capitalize on our culture and make sure that we're keeping that dollar in our own. Well, as a journalist, that's what we've been doing. So how could people become a member of your organization in closing? You can find more information about us at www.usblackchambers.org. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that fascinating interview with Ron Busby, the president of U.S. Black Chamber. Hope you found a lot of what he said to be entertaining and engaging and um, definitely looking to join in that organization because they have tons of great resources. Now, my next interview that I'm going to present to you is Gloria Larkin, who is a procurement advisor to American Express. Now, Gloria Larkin is the president and CEO of Target Gov, which is a government contracting, business development and marketing consultant firm. Now, she has created her own exclusive fast process and kickstart program. She's an expert. And when I say she's an expert, she's helped her clients get over $4 billion in government contracting. So pay attention, take notes, download that. Make sure that you also follow up with her. She's been featured in tons of other publications. She's been doing this for a while, and um, she is a person you really want to know about. So without further ado, I present to you Gloria Larkin. Gloria, can you introduce yourself and what are you doing here at the American Express Small Business Summit? Hi, I'm Gloria Larkin, president of Target Gov. And I am the advisor to American Express on government contracting. So kind of talk about your role and what does that entail? Here today, what we're doing is educating entrepreneurs about diversifying their business, whether that means moving from corporate customers into government, from government customers into corporate, or even international customers. So we're embracing all three types of customer focus from a diversification standpoint. So kind of get into that because you're talking about how they transition. What are some of the services that small businesses could look into? What are some of the areas that are great opportunities for procurement? Well, one of the challenges is even understanding that there's a market out there. And I'll speak for a moment about government contracting. The U.S. federal government is the world's Fortune One customer. It buys more products and services than any other entity in the world. So what we're trying to do here through American Express is educate entrepreneurs who are providing services of any type and products of any type to look at the federal government as a potential customer. And this can happen nationwide, whether you're in Maine or Texas or Florida, California, or even in Washington, D.C. The U.S. federal government buys from companies located everywhere. So kind of give us an idea of scale. So people might feel, well, 
I only have a small business, it's me by myself, I'm one person, or it's me and a family member, or me and a friend, are they big enough to supply the government, or do they need to have 100 people or 30 people? Kind of give an idea of that. You know, that's a great question, because many small businesses start off right in their own house, in their basement. In, in the extra room and running their business. And the government really doesn't care where your office is located. What they care about is are you good at what you do? Can you provide exactly what you say you can provide? And do you have the financial capacity to perform the work? You can start doing business with U.S. federal government simply by selling something that they buy through a credit card. So if you accept Visa or MasterCard, did you know that you can sell to the U.S. federal government? This is a marketplace that even if you're a one-person operation, you can be very successful and then grow your company to two people, to five people, to ten people, to twenty people. So how does the process get started? Where do people look for opportunities in government procurement? Well, the cool thing about this is that there, there are free resources for you to find opportunities with the federal government or city or county or state government. You don't have to pay anything to identify those opportunities. And there are resources like the American Express program, which is totally free for you to come to and learn more. But there's also resources right in your backyard, no matter where you're located. Your tax dollars are actually paying for them. And they're called your PTAC, P-T-A-C, Procurement Technical Assistance Center. This is where you can go to get free assistance on tackling this new market called the U.S. federal government. They're there to help you get started, and they won't charge you a penny. So is there a website that people can look up to? You know, uh, there is a website. <laughs> well, first of all, go to sba.gov for the Small Business Administration, sba.gov. Again, this is your tax dollars at work. They have a great resource for government procurement, and it does not cost you anything. I would start there first. And then they could also Google up PTAC to be able to find centers where they could go to get technical assistance in putting together a package to be able to follow opportunities that are available in exactly. procurement. The PTAC then office will take them further into this marketplace. So talk about your journey. How did you get started in this journey to be able to be a government consult a consultant for Amex? So 22 years ago, I started my business out of my home, just me exactly like you were talking about. And through the years, we've become nationally known experts. I've written a couple of books about government contracting available at my website at targetgov.com. And I'm a nationally known expert in federal contracting. And the reason why is our clients have won over $5 billion in federal contracts. So this is a way for us to help other companies grow. So. What are some of the tips you could give? I'm actually having such great success generating, you know, doing over $5 billion in contracting that you could suggest to people that want to get into the space. The first is know your product or service. The government loves experts. Don't try to be all things to all people. Really just strengthen your message. 
and I think that that will be the best way to get the door open, and I have to go. Thank you so so very much for your time. Again, can you, you say your website again? Yes, uh, www.targetgov.com. Thank you. Really hope you enjoyed that great interview with Gloria Larkin. Um, she's quite the fascinating woman, um, had a lot of great insights to share, really enjoyed the moment I got to spend with her, and also hope you enjoyed that moment I shared with her that I'm sharing with you. Um, quite a fascinating woman who has a lot of insight to share, and like I said, her accomplishments are nothing to sneeze at. $4 billion in federal contracts for her clients. You can check her out, Target Gov on her website and look out to try to catch her whenever you can when she's has speaking engagements. Now, our last interview is Rod Robinson, who's a corporate procurement, which is the other side of it. So we talked about government procurement, and now we're going to talk about corporate procurement, which is basically getting to be a supplier for major corporations, Fortune 1000 companies, Fortune 500 companies. Now, Rod Robinson had 20 years of experience as a chief procurement officer for a major telecommunications company. Um, he began working with American Express this past year as a corporate procurement advisor to be able to help American Express customers be able to navigate how you become a procurement partner for major corporations. He created his own company. He's the president and CEO of Canuxus Incorporated, which provides an online service that connects diverse small businesses with companies seeking to expand and diversify their supplier base. Um, Canuxus is spelled C-O-N-N-X-U-S. Um, you could Google that and look for that online. Um, he works and helps businesses, small, minority-owned, women-owned businesses in categories such as construction, transportation, information technology, consulting, marketing, staffing. I mean, he is a great guy to talk to. We had a fabulous time. Really enjoy American Express having me come out there and talk to these great people and being able to share these interviews with you. So without further ado, here is Rod Robinson, Corporate Procurement Advisor to American Express. The Amex Small Business Summit. And we're actually talking about black culture, hip hop culture, entrepreneurship, and the dynamics that have changed the look of success and entrepreneurship because you have Rihanna doing deals with Louis Vuitton, yep. making her worth over $650 million, yep. but she's generating billions of dollars in revenue. Yep. And I've actually placed eyes on this because I've been around the world covering and I've seen in Paris, in London, I've seen Fenty, the partnership, and I've seen the, the footprint all over the globe I've seen how Jay-Z's been able to be a dominant factor in many areas of enterprise, yep. and now Forbes has said he's a billionaire. Yep. There are not 10 black billionaires in America. In fact, I don't think that they've certified five black billionaires. Right. So you could say that he might be 20% of the billionaire in African-American community in America. Yep. So with that backdrop, kind of introduce what you're talking about and what you're doing here with American Express. So, I just want to pile on to your point. I think 
think this is just the beginning because I think what's really interesting about what Jay-Z and Serena Williams, you know, Rihanna and some of the others are doing, they're also investing in tech. Yes. So partnering with venture capital firms and taking stakes in these tech companies. And if you look at some of the involvement in Uber's IPO, created several, several multi-millionaires, well, several billionaires, but also several of those athletes, Shaq, entertainers like JC and others who were involved in, in those early uh, rounds of funding. They've made millions and millions of dollars and I think they're just going to continue to, re to reinvest it. So I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to that you know, sort of wealth creation in the community. What we're doing here at MX is providing, I'm actually a procurement advisor, so I'm actually helping uh, provide insights small businesses who want to crack into the $16 trillion market for global 2,000 companies. So the top 2,000 companies in the world spend $16 trillion a year. So that represents a significant opportunity for small businesses to crack in and grow their revenue and continue the path of creating wealth in the community. So, so that's kind of the other tack, right? The other side of it is creating access to opportunities and providing the tools small businesses to provide them with what they need to actually connect with the right people who are making the decisions to actually get in the door to generate, to land those contracts with uh, these large corporations. Well, when you're talking about tech, actually, we're very familiar. So we actually are in the startup culture. Personally, we're on the campus of Carnegie Mellon, working with soft engineers. My son's actually a, in fintech. Great. So we, I'm, but there is a dearth of the pipeline. There is a humongous pipeline problem because when you get to the ultra elite eight figure range, which is kind of where you have to be to be a qualified angel investor, right. you have to be worth at least 10 million to be comfortable to gamble quarter of a million per deal, right? There's a problem of founding. And I know this firsthand because when my son graduated out of Carnegie Mellon, out of 300 students, it was only four black students and he was one of them, right? But when you're talking about this $16 trillion market, a bulk of it probably is services, right? And services that are bringing efficiencies, services that are able to maximize the bottom line for these corporations. So how do people position themselves in what they have now in their company? And also, how do people develop the skills to project what these companies are looking at? Because, for example, you're looking at American Express. Are they going to go into blockchain? So how do you now prepare yourself to be qualified, to be attractive in fintech? Can you speak on that? Yeah, well, I think that's where some of the, some of the sessions that we've been having today, those conversations have been coming up companies are talking about some of the things, you know, not what they're buying today. You know, if you're preparing for what's going on today, you know, you're behind the curve. You're behind the curve because that's billions. Exactly. You're going up against an established supplier yeah. who already has a relationship. How are you going to break that? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's all about innovation and thinking about solving the problems of tomorrow, right? Where, where is the market moving to, you know, today? Establish a relationship, 
it takes a long time to get into these corporate supply chains. It's not something that happens overnight. You just you have to continue to build those relationships with the need, whether you're trying to raise financing, whether you're trying to land a contract, you know, whatever the case, people want to do business with people they know and trust. And you gotta be a part of the network. And I think this is what, what makes it so valuable. So how do people what advice are you giving the people on getting into the network? I guess you could introduce people with a card, but how do you follow up? How do you position what your value proposition is to very busy individuals that already have strong established relationships? Yeah, I, I think that's another question that came up today and we, that we answered in the session. And I think it's important for people to understand if you're, if you're a small business and you're trying to get into the Marriott, we had the head of supplier diversity for the Marriott. I think you have to make sure that you make it clear or establish clarity around, all right, Casey, how do you recommend that I follow up with you? I, I definitely want to follow up. Because following up is 90% of the battle. You'll be surprised at how many companies don't actually follow up, right? Um, but establishing with Casey to say, hey, you know what? I know you're going to be bombarded with requests and people reaching out to you. So, hey, it's okay, I'll let you follow up with you in 30 days to talk about the opportunity that we were discussing here. And then he said, yep, absolutely. But just make sure you follow up because I've heard from so many procurement officers, and I've even experienced it myself as a, as a corporate procurement executive, how many companies actually don't follow up when there's an opportunity. And so that, I think that's the key is, is just continuing to be persistent and patient. And, you know, it's a grind. I mean, it's a, it's a journey. It's not something that you know, starts and stops. I think it's something you have to continue maintaining that relationship. So now you had mentioned about innovation and you work with Amex. So talk about innovation and people that have innovative ideas. You're in procurement. How could people approach you? How could people position their innovation or, or fulfill some of the vision of what Amex is looking at 2020, 2022, 2025, 2030? Yeah. And how money and commerce is going to go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's um, what's what I really find impressive about what Amex is doing is they have brought in some of their executives from various divisions within Amex. So I've had some really engaging discussions with their VP, uh, supply chain finance, for example, and we've been talking about the value-added solution around supply chain finance. So, you know, for example. When a small company wins a big company contract, everybody's happy. I mean, you're excited, right? You're happy. But then it comes time to delivering the work and then getting paid. One of the big problems that you have to deal with as a small business is how, when do you get paid? So Amex is uh, working on some tools. I was, just, I was actually talking to their VP of Supply Chain Finance about some of the tools that they're actually building for small businesses to help them better plan cash flow to understand that when they win this you know million dollar contract what is it going to mean in terms of you know uh, cash flow management based on the contract terms you know whether you get paid in 30 days or 45 days being able to capture that data into a piece of software to be able to determine you know what my capital needs might be on a longer term basis so I think that's just one example of an innovative solution that you know will benefit you know small businesses going forward and to the extent there are companies out there that can actually help sort of provide 
tools that would enhance that, I think that's an opportunity for, uh, you know, MX will be all over it. It will be all over partnering with the company who can help them towards that. And at the end of the day, it's all about helping small businesses grow and prosper, helping them succeed. Because when small businesses succeed, the entire company succeeds. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank you again for joining me for another fabulous episode of the Hustlenomics Way, Hip Hop Business 101. Really had a great time spending time with American Express and these great entrepreneurs and business leaders who are able to provide you great insight on how you could be able to grow your business to the heights that you want to achieve. Um, really great information. And you could definitely go on to American Express's um, Small Business Summit. You could Google that up. They have a lot of resources online that you could check out to get even more information and dig deeper so you could get more specialized help um, on your businesses and what you're trying to achieve economically and enterprise-wise. Um, my name is Kamola Itawu. I should have mentioned that at the top of the podcast, but um, those that know me know me as the creator of Hustlenomics, creator of Owners Illustrated, creator of Toys Nation, Toys Electronics, Powered by Steam, Electrified Life, the great deity Da. I'm a serial entrepreneur, founder of a lot of media companies, technology startup on the campus of Carnegie Mellon. Um, creating this podcast, Autonomics Way, and it's been quite a fabulous ride. So I generally consistently cover entrepreneurs, and I've been doing that for over two decades. It's been really exciting hanging out with you guys this this episode and being able to share such great insights. Do follow us and check us out and do subscribe to this podcast. We're available on a lot of the platforms from Spotify to iTunes, and you can look us up online. Again, thank you so much for joining us. The Hustlenomics Way, Hip Hop Business 101. This is episode 103. This is Tamola Itawu, and thank you for having me.